Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week. It's all done for me with Factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never frozen meals that are dietitian approved, they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert and you can stay fueled with these easy nutritious options. You all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital. I like them for those busy days where I'm on the go with the kids and I can treat myself to these restaurant quality meals in just two minutes. And we're talking really great ingredients here like blackened salmon, yes please, and all of that without shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful In Minutes podcast. Full disclosure, I have tried to start recording this podcast about three times already, and I seem to really be struggling with the English language today. So bear with me. Um, you know, Porkchop had a really rough night last night. And so I'm going on about three and a half hours of sleep. And usually I wouldn't disclose that, but I just feel like, you know, it's, it's human and it's just a part of the experience. And sometimes we're tired and sometimes language and speaking, and it's just hard. And so I, you know, I apologize in advance if I am stumbling on my words a little bit. I'm, I am having a very hard time somehow getting the words from my brain out of my mouth. So if you are also tired and struggling today, you're not alone. And I did not want to postpone recording this episode because I'm really excited about it and I really want to talk about this topic. I feel good. I feel excited about it just for whatever reason words are hard today. So I hope that wherever you are, wherever you're listening to my voice right now, that you are finding some joy and some contentment there, even if it's just in the little things. And today we're going to be talking about um, some silence, the power of silence. Specifically, we're going to talk about why being silent is so important and powerful and why it can also be so deeply uncomfortable for so many people. And we're going to explore the value of silence, how to embrace this practice for yourself and in your meditation practice. We're going to talk about why silence is so hard. And then I'm going to share my own personal experience with silent retreats and um, silent intentional silent experiences. And then why I'm also choosing to add a silent day to my meditation retreats going forward, what made me kind of make that decision. So let's dive right in. So silence. 
If there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby Poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh, they're never frozen, they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy, and they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave, and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. How does silence make you feel? Did you like that little second or two? (laughs) of silence? Um, Do you welcome the silence as a break from chaos of our just loud and busy world? Did that little pause there make you feel uneasy? Have you ever really given thought to how you react to silence? I recently have been thinking a lot about silence and also a lot about sound and noise. So first, I have just been a little bit more aware of how much louder my world has become since I became a mom. Someone was asking me recently, like, what was the biggest change in my life since having a kid? And I don't know why this answer just came out of my mouth, but it did. But I was like, my world is just so much louder. Like, everything is just so much louder. And I never get any true silence anymore. And before I unpack that, I want to clarify a few things. First, I want to make it really clear. I love pork chop so much. I know you guys know that. But what you probably don't know is I love his voice. I refer to it as his sweet little baby angel voice. And it's usually because he, you know, is just doing a lot of babbling and a lot of talking and he'll like talk to himself and sometimes he'll like whisper little things. And I don't know what it is. Maybe every single parent feels this way. They probably do. Um, But I only know my own experience. But like hearing him especially when he like wakes up in the morning and he's kind of like chatting to himself even when it's like at like four in the morning and he wants to start his day like the actual sound of like his sweet little babbling voice is like I don't even know how to describe it other than it's his sweet little baby angel voice and and I love it and it's one of my favorite sounds in the world but I will say pork chop is very very loud pork chop's dad is very 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 loud Mila is incredibly loud. You guys already know this. You you hear her sometimes in this podcast. I live in a loud house. And I didn't realize how much I valued my moments of silence, whether it was silence for working or thinking or just relaxing, until I was living in a world where I'm always home 
and there is literally someone here that is always being loud. And I also find myself being loud too because I love to interact with Porkchop and so he's being loud and making noises and I'll make noises back and it's like, you know, this fun little thing that we do and so I find myself being loud as well. And to me, like silence has developed to like mean something just so different. And again, I'm sure every parent or caregiver or anyone that's, you know, lived in a house with a lot of other people living in that house, you know what it feels like. It's like that immediate uneasiness when you realize that your child is being like too quiet or all of a sudden if your house is actually silent, it immediately makes you wonder or assume that something has gone terribly wrong or they're getting into trouble and you have to go check on them. And that I never used to feel that way about silence. I used to really love it and appreciate it. And now all of a sudden it has this whole new meaning where when there's silence, I'm like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? And I also didn't realize how much I valued moments of silence until I didn't have them anymore until it wasn't just a part of like my every day life when there wasn't always someone else. I mean, other than Mila, there wasn't, you know, someone else in my space and I could truly just have a lot of time of silence or like when I was traveling, there's more time to myself and silence. And I also have noticed that I am always communicating with someone. If it isn't pork chop, it's my husband usually about pork chop or another family member or something else, not just in my personal life, but for business and communication is so important. But it has also completely skyrocketed in my life, which again, takes away from silence. And for me, silence used to be this little break and a space that I could really exist, just exist there for the majority of a day and not really communicate with anyone and have quiet time for myself. And that's just not an option right now. And that's okay. I am loving and embracing this season of life. I really, truly am. But it has made me reflect on the power of silence and the role that silence used to play in my life and how it's just not a part of my life right now and what that means and why silence is so important to me and why I'm really feeling pulled to explore not only silence, but also exploring this idea of intentional sound versus noise. So you may have seen on Instagram that I am now playing singing bowls. I have found myself completely fascinated with sound healing, with intentional sound. I'm, I was going to say I'm low-key obsessed. It's not even low-key. I am very obsessed. I've made it very obvious that I am obsessed with my singing bowls and learning all about it. I have been putting myself through what I am referring to as bowl school, which is basically just me being obsessed and reading books and taking online trainings and listening to sound baths and learning about, you know, the different vibrations of different mantras and just spending every free minute that I can get trying to like learn a little bit more about this. And I, I just really enjoyed diving head first into it. But I bring this up because it has really made me think about the difference between sound, silence, and noise and communication in a new way, which has not only inspired this episode, but it has also inspired me to start incorporating more intentional silence and sound into my meditation retreats. So let's first dive into why is silence so uncomfortable? 
I wholeheartedly recognize not everyone likes silence. In fact, I maybe not necessarily in this space if you're listening to a podcast like this, but by and large, I would say I'm in the minority for enjoying silence, for enjoying like alone, unstructured time. Like I I genuinely could probably go like be a hermit somewhere and be very happy with that. <laughs> and and I sometimes I think this surprises people, but I I am very much an introvert. I can be like loud and outgoing and like if you train with me or go on retreat with me, like I'm so excited to be there that I can seem like like I'm a little bit more extroverted, but for me, like I really need that like alone quiet time to recharge. So I am quite introverted. Um and I I just I love silence, but I know many, many, many people do not share my love of that and that it is a common feeling to feel incredibly uncomfortable with silence. I see it so frequently in my trainings and in my retreats. If I ask a question in a training, I will ask a question and I will just kind of let the silence hang, leave the question out there, and eventually someone will answer it. But what I find more often than not is like someone just has to break the uncomfortable silence by saying anything right they're just like oh kelly's just like asked a question it's just hanging there and this silence is really like awkward and uncomfortable and i just need to say something to break the silence i also see it like on retreats when you know i i kind of take the training wheels off a little bit do a little bit more of hands off where maybe we're doing some guided meditation i'm walking you through a practice and then i leave you there in silence for a little bit and there will be you know you can tell that sometimes without direction, people get a little uncomfortable in the silence. They'll wiggle, they'll shift, they'll get restless in those moments without guidance. Silence can make people feel uneasy and uncomfortable. We also live in an incredibly loud world. There is noise all the time. And when there isn't intentional noise, we sometimes create noise ourselves and of course there's a lot of unintentional noise like our actual world is very noisy right like just sitting here in my little closet I can hear the dishwasher running upstairs I can hear the heater turning on I can hear pork chop and pork chop's dad kind of like you know I think they just got back from um, an activity and like we have we live in a loud world but there's also a lot of intentional noise with TV and podcasts and music in the background and texting and pop-up notifications and FaceTiming and calling. And like these things aren't inherently bad things. Like being connected to people, that's not a bad thing. But what I want to explore a little bit is, but are we creating that noise in an already loud world? Because either we don't want to learn how to be comfortable in silence or maybe because we aren't comfortable sitting with ourselves and sitting with our own thoughts and that's what I want to dive into like why do we need so much noise and so much distraction in our life and why is the absence of that so uncomfortable and I think one of the main reasons why silence is uncomfortable or awkward for people is because we're just not used to it. We're used to noise. In fact, one of the earliest senses that develop when we are in our mother's womb is the sense of hearing. And the minute we come out into this world, it's loud. It's, you know, it's even loud in the womb. Like baby can hear, you know, mom's like 
you know, pumping of her blood and like the whooshing of the fluid and, you know, all of the just noise that's happening outside of, you know, mom's belly. And I'm here to tell you from, you know, having done it, like those first few moments, like when baby emerges into the world, it's not, it's at least from my experience, wasn't quiet. So from the moment that we can hear, we are constantly stimulated and we're just used to noise. And silence often indicates for people either like a lack of direction, which we don't like. We're humans and we kind of innately want some structure and organization and direction. Like we don't usually just do a whole lot of like aimless wandering or, you know, just living without purpose or meaning. Like we're always looking for meaning and wanting direction and um, and things like that. And silence can often indicate a lack of that, which can, you know, not feel super comfortable. And we also tend to, you've heard me, you know, talk about this before. I'm going to keep talking about it because I really believe in it. We really struggle to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and learning how to move past this and learning how to function in discomfort is essential to growth. And it is not only a powerful byproduct of a meditation and mindfulness practice, this ability to sit with like the uncomfortable, but uncomfortable things are uncomfortable for a reason, which is what makes it so hard. But it's also essential to make sure that we are learning how to kind of sit with the uncomfortable. I'm not talking about sitting with the unbearable or, you know, sitting with like the traumatizing or the upsetting, but like these little things like learning how to sit with discomfort and learning how to exist in uncomfortable situations and in an uncomfortable world. Our worlds can be incredibly uncomfortable. There can be a lot of really uncomfortable situations and experiences and conversations and just life can be incredibly uncomfortable and learning how to function in that is essential to growth. I also believe it's a huge piece to finding contentment in your life, right? Being able to function in that discomfort. But like I said, uncomfortable is uncomfortable for a reason. And we as humans are kind of designed to, you know, sort of this like, I like it. It feels good. I want more of the good. And I want to kind of run away and push away from the quote, bad. Instead of just letting all experiences be the experience that they are. I was talking about this a little bit over on my Instagram. It's like, not just trying to like plug my Instagram, but I do feel like I've kind of been having fun, like just sharing some thoughts and like some more like organic, just like, I don't know, chit chat over there. But I had posted a story just about, you know, I was reflecting on, on how feelings aren't like either good or bad. Like they're part of the human experience and they just are what they are. And so I was talking about the meditation that came out last week about releasing anger and frustration. And it's like, we are so quick to label anger and frustration as like, quote, bad, but it's not, it's not bad. It's a part of the normal human experience to have these feelings of anger and frustration, but you get to choose when you feel like those feelings have, you know, taken their toll on you or run their course and you're ready to release them. But it is important to acknowledge uncomfortable is uncomfortable for a reason, but that doesn't mean that we should run from it, that we should necessarily avoid it at all costs. Silence also has the power to give you time to think, to think without the noise. You are just left with you and your thoughts. 
and your feelings and whatever's happening. And that is scary for so many people. Sometimes it's scary for me. Someone asked me a question the other day and, you know, I was kind of talking about something, um, just something personal that I was struggling with. And they were like, well, what happens when you meditate on this? And I was like, you know, honestly, I haven't brought this particular issue to my meditation practice because I don't know if I'm ready to open Pandora's box on that. And it was just something that I know there's something deeper there and I'm still kind of working up the courage to really face it and to take my own voice and to get really uncomfortable by unpacking some of these some of these deeper things but we know that meditation and mindfulness like it really does make you think and you have to feel and you have to acknowledge what's happening beneath the surface versus when we live in this really loud stimulating like faster do more world it often can drown out and distract from what is actually happening to us and within us silence really gives you the time to experience and to think and that can be really hard really eye-opening really challenging it also and i'm going to talk about this in a little bit it can be such just such a transformational experience and sort of the launching pad that you need to kind of get to that next level, not only in a meditation practice, but like in your own personal fulfillment journey. Silence can also be really hard and uncomfortable because it is fuel for a busy and chattering mind. It's like as soon as you turn down the volume on the other things, the volume on that busy, chattering mind gets turned like all the way up, right? It's just like da 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 It's nonstop. It's where I hear people tell me I can't meditate because my brain is too busy, right? And you guys know I love this, but I always say, oh, saying you're, you know, too busy or have, you know, your mind is spinning too fast for meditation. It's like, you know, saying you're too dirty for a shower. Like there's, you know, a way that you're going to kind of remedy that situation. But it is true. Like when you turn the volume down on life, it's like the volume of, you know, your body and mind gets turned all the way up. And for some of us, we don't want to go there or we just haven't really thought about it. We haven't gone there. Um, Or maybe you're like me where some things you're like, I just don't know if I'm quite, you know, ready to dive into that yet. And that's okay too. For many of us, connecting with our thoughts and true emotions and connecting with like that true self, that authentic space, it can be hard, it can be unscary, or sorry, it can be hard, it can be scary, and it can be unwanted. And it's like diving into the deep waters of the unknown sometimes when you do this, and it will cause you to feel uncomfortable, and it will cause you to be honest with yourself and really kind of take that deep look and when you're not using noise and busyness and you know all of this just tons of communication and like unintentional or and I don't mean unintentional like you don't mean to but like not well thought out communication is what I mean by like unintentional Um, there is not intention behind like the dialogue and the communication that you're using like that can be such a distraction and silence in my personal life has been one of my greatest teachers It has been a very uh, tough love kind of teacher, but it has been one of the most powerful and beneficial teachers that I've had in my life, uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And we're back. But I want to acknowledge before we dive into like the power of silence and its benefits and my experience with it, I want to acknowledge that silence is hard and it's scary. And so many people, like when I say 
that I, you know, did a silent retreat or had a silent day, I'm going to start incorporating this. Like their first reaction is like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. And I'm here to tell you that you could, even if you don't think you could, you you can. I've, you know, seen even just like people who really were convinced they couldn't do it. They They can do it. But I want to also acknowledge and hold space that like silence is hard and that we live in this very, very loud world. And it can be a little bit unsettling to really dive into like a silence practice. But if you are willing to get a little bit uncomfortable and dive into silence and to, um, I'm laughing because as I'm teaching you about silence, I can hear um, what kind of sounds like a, I don't even know, like just a wild like wolverine tornado happening upstairs I don't know if you can um, hear that or not but it sounds like Porkchop and Mila are just having like a rip-roaring time upstairs and so it just kind of makes me giggle sometimes to you know the uh, the two different ends of the spectrum that I get to experience sometimes in a day of teaching about the power of silence and then also hearing um, a wolverine tornado happening happening upstairs in in my home but you know such such as life. Something, this is not totally related, but something that I've just personally been reflecting on is like just like letting experiences be what they are and like focusing on, you know, instead of, instead of trying to get like frustrated and being like, oh, like I never, you know, I never get the chance to like, you know, record like in silence or like, you know, focus on these things. Um, but just like, just enjoying like the joy that I get to over here. Like it, it does make obviously like recording a podcast a little bit more challenging, but trying to just let like experiences be experiences and to try to find like these little like bits of joy and just being like, oh, like they're having fun upstairs and like, yeah, it's loud and it's like a little annoying. Um, but like it makes my heart happy to hear like my family having fun. So anyways, unrelated, but if you do hear what sounds like just like a bunch of like wildebeests having like a party, that's just my child and my dog and the adult supervision upstairs. So if you are willing to get a little uncomfortable and to kind of dedicate a little bit more time and effort to silence it can be so powerful and so amazing. There's been several recent studies that have shown that taking taking daily like quiet time, like quiet, silent stillness time can do the following things for your body. It can lower blood pressure. It can improve concentration and focus. It can reduce the stress hormone, cortisol. It can improve insomnia and improve your heart health. And it can also boost your immune system. So a lot of these benefits are the same that you get with a regular meditation practice. But if you think about it, like sitting in silence and, you know, with your own thoughts and meditating, very, very similar. So if you don't need any of those things that I just listed, let me know because you might not like be a human and I want to talk to you. If you do not have any issues with either like heart health or blood pressure or stress or concentration, focus, um, insomnia, immune system, any of that, like you are just living like the gold star life and I'm very, very impressed by you. You might also be an alien. Um, silence has also been shown to be able to boost creativity 
and introspection. So for my fellow creators out there, this silence time and embracing silence can be really, really, really um, beneficial for creating, for your creativity. Silence also allows you to be more intentional with your communication. And I want to dive into this one a little bit more. This is something that I'm pretty sure I talked about a little bit, um, maybe in the 10 things I learned before turning 30. Um, but basically diving into clear and intentional communication and like only saying things when you have something to say and speaking with intention. So trying to reduce filler words, which is something that I'm still working on. I definitely still kind of use some filler words as a crutch at times, still working on that. You know, we're all a work in progress. But something that I've really been focusing on is reducing what I call saying, like speaking a lot without saying much, kind of that like word vomit, like just you know, we've all had conversations with people where it's like they're they're talking a lot, but like they're not really saying much. And I have tried to really condense like the way that I communicate to speak with intention and to only speak when I have something to say and to try to communicate clearly. And it's been really interesting because the more that I do this, like it's brought a lot of joy into my life. It's really, really reduced like miscommunications um, or that's you know, that experience where you're trying, like someone says something and you're like, what do they mean by that? And trying to like unpack it. The people in my life, like they just know that like I I say what I mean and that I try to speak with intention and that there's no like hidden agenda or anything like that. Um, And that I will say though, there's a little bit of a adjustment period because sometimes when you as the person are silent or are saying less, that can be a little bit like off-putting to some people. And they're like, oh, is she mad or what is she thinking about? And it can be a little unsettling. So there's a little bit of an adjustment period of being like, no, it's not that I'm upset or anything's on my mind. Like I just, I don't really have anything to say or I don't have anything meaningful to contribute to this conversation. So I'm just enjoying listening right now. But being able to do that and to be more intentional with my words, with the way that I communicate really has been a huge shift in, in my life. And A lot of that has to do with embracing silence because if you aren't speaking with intention, right, those moments, they can be short moments or huge gaps in between having something to say. Like that's silence. That's sitting in silence. That's maybe actively listening. That is, you know, just being present and really only contributing like with meaningful, purposeful, intentional communication, And so something to think about, like where in your life or where you're communicating, I'm not saying this only plagues women, but I'm saying I've, I personally have heard from a lot of women that struggle with either like decisiveness or clear, assertive communication, like saying what they mean without feeling like they are, you know, being like rude or too pushy or too aggressive. It's that saying, like, I always laugh because I do this sometimes too, but I laugh like when you see like, you know, whatever, like those memes or like those videos on like Instagram or TikTok and it's like me as like a millennial woman putting like an exclamation point at the end of every sentence to sound like friendlier, like more appealing. 
And it can be really hard to embrace this idea of like only speaking with intention and not having to pat it with like exclamation points or extra words or filler words or tiptoeing around trying to get to what you mean and finding a way to just clearly communicate. But with that, you have to embrace this power of silence because you will find yourself using less words, which means there will be more silence. And I talked about this before, but silence can really help you learn how to function in the discomfort because it can be a little bit uncomfy, which is so important in our lives. It also increases your capacity to make not only better decisions, but to get clarity for decisions, right? It makes sense. If there's less noise, if there's less distractions, there's more time for clarity. Silence can give you a lot of insight into how you're truly doing and clarity on like what you need, what you want, what steps you want to take. And it also makes you, it forces you to be present with what's happening around you. So even if that's just being able to enjoy the natural sounds that are happening and the room that you're at, wherever you are, like the experience of that moment, that can be a really, really beautiful, special practice. But it also makes you be present and sit with what's happening. And it gives you a lot of clarity into what is happening and can help you kind of increase that capacity to be able to make decisions, to be a little bit less indecisive and to tune out the noise And for me, I think a lot about not just necessarily noise, like, you know, you've heard me talk about the actual, like, noise that is happening upstairs in my home right now, but I'm talking the noise of, like, comparison or the noise of social media or, you know, the noise of always, like, listening to something or someone else or someone else's opinion. And, like, when we truly embrace silence, like, unplugged, like, nothingness silence, If you're trying to make a decision, just having that silence and not having any of the noise around you, it can not only be really refreshing, but it can be kind of scary because you just have to make that decision that feels right for you because there's no other noise, no other opinions, nothing. It's just you and that clarity and deciding what you want to do. So I want to share just a little bit about my experience with silence and why I've kind of come to this, I don't know, very like pro-silence stance, I guess. Um, I'm very much team silence, which I'm sure you've picked up on by now. But I was definitely not always like this. Um, Hopefully one of the threads that you're picking up, just the more time that you spend listening to my voice, listening to this podcast, which I so appreciate you, even if this is the first episode or the 100th episode you listen to, I really appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. I definitely wasn't always team silence. As you know, I am a reformed Shavasana skipper. I used to really, really, really struggle and have a hard time with slowing down, turning inward, being silent, being still and and not and just I felt like that was such a waste of time. And I just was so like, go, 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 do more, be more like, oh, the yoga class is about like the stretching and like the the exercise, like the shavasana is like a waste of time. And I, I kind of looked at silence as that same way. I was like, why would someone want to do that? Like I I like to talk to people. I And this was really before I sort of came to the realization that like I'm actually an introvert. And I find like stillness and quiet to be really, really like therapeutic and beneficial for me. 
And my first two real experiences with silence, they were very eye-opening to me. And I'm honestly a little embarrassed of how I handled them the first time. Now, in hindsight, of course, hindsight's always 2020. But the very first time, like, I didn't take them that seriously. And I try, I was just going to say I was talking to someone. I was actually just talking to my therapist about this, about um, just, like, regret and, like, do you truly have regret with some things or do you just look back on some things and be like, hmm, you know, maybe that wasn't the best way to handle it. But did that situation still lead you to where you need to go? Anyways, I was kind of having this like just, I don't know, existential crisis about like, do we truly have regret? Do are we? Anyways, that is between me and Jackie. But I really am a little bit embarrassed about how I dealt with science because I didn't take it that seriously. But I also, in hindsight, like, I don't think I was quite ready yet to take that journey. And I didn't feel all in on, like, yes, I'm going to, like, take this vow of silence and, like, take it seriously and have the experience. I felt like it was something that people were, like, making me do or, like, wanted me to do. So the first time I did it was in my 200-hour teacher training, and we just had to do, like, a silent meal. And it was weird. And it was uncomfortable. And there was, like, I don't know, like, 12 of us in a room like eating a meal in silence and I definitely was the one kind of contributing to like trying to make little you know eye contact with people and like communicate without like saying anything which was kind of rude (laughs) to be completely honest it's like if if I were showing up to my own trainings like that and kind of being just like a little stinker like I was and I was a teacher I'd be like okay like settle down like take this seriously I just you know kind of rude so if any of my teachers are listening to that I'm sorry that was rude but I just I didn't understand the value of it and I felt uncomfortable and I had not at all embraced this idea of functioning and discomfort like whatsoever not at all I just I it it felt weird to me so my way of dealing with weird still to this day um is sometimes I like to infuse a little humor into it or like to be a little bit silly and that sort of just releases some of the pressure some of the tension some of the weirdness for me it's just something that I do um And so during that silent meal, like, I did not take it seriously, and I found it to be very weird and uncomfortable. And so I didn't do much with silence because I didn't, you know, I didn't like it. But I also, at that time, I wasn't doing that much with meditation. I wasn't really embracing, like, the stillness and the quiet. As you now know, you've heard in depth my time with the monks. That was my second, like, real big experience with silence. And that's where I had to take a vow of silence for the 10 days that I was there. I was not supposed to speak or communicate at all, um, with the exception of kind of like the 30 to 45 minutes that I had with Bonte each day to talk specifically about my progress and my practice and my learning. And again, I didn't take it that seriously at first. I, I definitely took it more seriously than my first time experiencing silence. But it was weird for me. But this time it was almost hard because I was so curious. And I was so curious to like talk to the really interesting people that were around me. And I wanted to like know their stories and I I wanted to connect and I wanted to, um, you know, talk to people and like share my experience with them. And now in hindsight, again, this one I don't feel quite as bad about because I wasn't like intentionally trying to be like I wasn't just being kind of like a pain in the butt. I just, I guess I was just being a little bit self-centered of like, why do I think that like my experience here like needs to be shared with people around or like, why do I have a right to like ask people about their experience? And 
I wasn't always silent. I broke my vow of silence kind of frequently, especially at first, because a lot of it was just habit. Like I, I would sit down at a table. I don't, I don't know why I struggle so much with like silent eating. I think it's because I'm so used to like if you sit at a big table with someone, it's like a gathering, right? It's there for like, it's like break bread and like communicate with people and like connect. But I would sit down at a table and like just eat my meal or like we'd have to do chores and so I'd be doing my chore and maybe there'd be someone else like sweeping the meditation hall with me and like my inclination because I love connecting with people is to chat and is to connect and not to just stay like in my own little bubble and just do my task and be present with that and so it was just kind of like my curiosity does really kind of pulling me to like break this you know vow of silence and I, I kept kind of getting you know like little tisk tisk here and there for breaking this vow of silence but over time, I did really start to embrace it. And by the end of my time, I was really not bothered by the silence. And as you know, and I've shared this on podcasts before, but it was during that time with the monks where I felt like I got to an absolute, like probably still to this day, one of the deepest places in meditation that I've ever been able to go before. And I can, like, I believe that a big part of that was because once I truly embraced this idea of like a vow of silence and just focusing on like my meditation and like sitting with how I'm feeling and being present in the moment, like it just, just absolutely skyrocketed like my, my progress and my meditation practice. And it, it took me there. I just felt like I did so much work there. Like when I, when I just no communication tuned out all the noise, like I went deeper into myself and I reflected and like I unpacked things and I I felt things and I struggled and I cried and I got really frustrated and angry that I was having to be silent and that I was still just sitting there and meditating and I also like felt like the deepest like joy and bliss that I've ever experienced in like my life and I I sat in meditation for 2 hours and it felt like 10 minutes like it was just such an experience. It was such an experience. And that was where the place that I really, truly, like for the first time, embraced not only this idea of being able to sit with discomfort, because I was very open to the fact that like the silence thing was hard for me and that I was struggling with it. I tell Bonte about this. We, we would talk about it during our designated like kind of teaching time. And it wasn't until I, I he kind of introduced me to this idea of like, yeah, like it's uncomfortable at first. Like that's life though. Life is uncomfortable. Like if you can learn how to sit with uncomfortable things and be introspective, like during your meditation practice, when you're sort of like in a vacuum on this retreat, like you can take those same principles, you can apply them to your everyday life and learn how to function in discomfort, how to be uncomfortable and how to be present in the moment and embrace silence in our loud, busy world. And so even though I found myself so wanting to express or, you know, express myself or talk to people and it was strange at first to shift from such a loud, busy world to this this space of of silence. I I really have found so much power in silence and not speaking and not communicating and unplugging. And and when I took this vow of silence with you know with the monks, it was you know no no talking, no cell phones, no reading books, like no communication of any kind. They, they even did not want us to journal, um, which isn't necessarily an aspect that I'll take into, like, when I lead others into spaces of silence. Because um, I do think it's a good time for, like, self-reflection. But it was, like, no communication whatsoever, nothing. You could only read, like, this one book that we had that we were given that talked about, like, twin meditation. We could kind of review that book to, like, deepen our practice. But since then, 
I found that I was really beginning to enjoy silence and enjoy being present. And I even like to, like to this day, every morning before I like teach a training or lead a retreat, I like to have my morning in silence. And I think that's one of the things going back to the top of the episode where they're asking, what's the biggest thing that's changed? And I said, well, I don't have any silence anymore. And it is because like I wake up when Porkchop wakes up and he usually wakes up talking and like, you know, I'm taking care of him and communicating. And I used to have very, very quiet mornings. I usually was up well before my husband. Um, and I would just have quiet, still mornings to to work or to be or to have coffee or maybe to do some mindful movement, whatever I wanted. And I, and I don't do that any, anymore. And that's okay because I, you know, I love where life is right now, but it's just my mornings look so different than they used to. And but I, I've really started to embrace like intentionally taking these sort of like mini vows of silence, taking these little like sacred pauses, these little quiet moments. And I used to do it a lot more before kids and all of that. But now I, I find them in like these teeny tiny little like these itty bitty little pockets here and there. Like, and you know, anyone that's shared a space with other people that's usually loud. It's like once it's finally like quiet, you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's quiet. Like, what do I do? It's so it's just like, oh, it's like. You just want to like bathe in that like quiet for a moment. And this kind of leads me to why I've decided to start incorporating some more silence into my own teaching. So where I'm taking the biggest leap in this is doing an entire silent day at the Sacred Stillness Retreat in Hawaii. So when I was designing that retreat and I decided I was going forward, I really wanted to focus on meditation for my retreats. This one in specific, the Hawaii retreat, this is a retreat that is all about stillness and turning inward and unlocking a deeper part of yourself. And I truly believe that this cannot be done without some silence. So we will be doing one entire day of silence. No talking, no social media, you know, no no books, no Netflix, um, but we will be, we'll be meditating. I will be prepping you all the way up to the silent day. It's like, it's not our last day, but it's like past the midway point. It's like day four, maybe. I'll be prepping you for all of that. Um, I'll be instructing you on how to best use your time of silence, like the significance of it. We'll be diving so much deeper into like the actual science and like purpose of silence. So much more than, you know, we can dive into just in this one episode. But it also will be completely up to each um, participant I'm sure you could probably hear that <laughs> hear that noise again, my 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 loving wilder beasts, the jungle upstairs. Um, but it's I really want each participant, like of course this is going to be optional. So if anyone wants to come to the retreat and they're like, I really just I don't think I can do the silent day, that's okay. I will ask though that you make sure that you remain respectful and the people that are taking that silent day, that you make sure to just like stay out of the way and let them have the experience that they're looking for. And you might be wondering, like, but why a full day? Like, if silence is so powerful, can't you just do, like, an hour here or an hour there or practice here or practice there? Silent days, in my experience, are so powerful and transformational. And they are uncomfortable and they are hard and they're really kind of awkward at times. And I I want that for you. And I want that for you in, like, a loving way. I want you to kind of struggle a little bit. I want you to peel back the layers. And in my experience, from now doing, you know, up to – 10 days of trying to be in total silence for 10 days to a day to a half day to like two days it you really need like the full day 
to unpack and to like get the full experience and to dive deep because you get kind of uncomfy a little bit at first you're like oh it's a little weird kind of make a little eye contact with people like oh what are we doing here's kelly making us be silent and but like once you really get into it and you hit your stride like i'm here to tell you it's it genuinely is kind of nice and it, it takes a little bit of reintegration time when you're done with your day so the next day when you can communicate again you kind of have to reintegrate a little bit and it makes you really think about like where in my life is the noise necessary where is communication necessary and where is it not? And so you do, from my experience, one full day is a good amount of time to really do some deep work and to get to a deeper part of yourself, to peel back some of those layers and to get to a deeper part of your meditation practice that you probably have never been before or haven't been for quite a while. And you will be frustrated at times. You'll be uncomfortable at times. You will want to quit at different parts. You'll think, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? Um, but if you can push through and you can just embrace it and like ride the wave of having a silent day and being like, you know, this is just, this is different and this is hard and that's okay. You will really, really, truly make some leaps in your practice and in your life that you may not have been before. And you'll be looking into all the different corners of your mind and of your heart. You'll be listening to the sounds of the ocean. You'll be taking in the smell, like the flowers that are blooming in Hawaii. You'll be feeling the, the sun on your skin. And you'll be taking one day to unplug, to get rid of all the noise, have this like life detox. And I promise you that you you will not be the same person. Everyone that does a silent day, you will not be the same person at the end of it that you were at the beginning of it. There will be a shift and a change. And I'm not just going to let people like, I'm not just going to leave people like hanging. It of course is optional. I imagine everyone will be choosing to participate and I will also be holding space for all of the attendees that are experiencing this, just like throughout a whole retreat. Like I'm there for you no matter what. Um, but if you do need to talk about something, I'm there. If you're struggling, I'm there. Let's talk about it. If you, you know, you'll be prepped and you will feel prepared for this silent day. And it honestly, like it may not be as hard as you think it's going to be. Some people are like, Ugh, honestly, that was kind of nice. That was sort of a breeze, like a great, just relaxing day. And with the exception of times that I need to communicate in order to like be the facilitator of the retreat, I will also be taking that vow of silence along all of you and having that same um, day and, and helping to like hold that space for you while you do it. And, and it'll be hard, but it will change you. And that's honestly one of the like people come on retreats to have like that break just from life and the world and to go deep and to hopefully leave feeling better and with a different perspective than than when they came and and I always hear people say and I'm sure there's a lot of you you're listening to me say this you're like oh my gosh I could never I could never do a silent day and I hear this all the time people are like oh my gosh I could never be silent for a whole day and they're like no way never way never never I could never do that I never would and I promise you that you can and honestly you will probably like it a little bit more than you than you think so if you are feeling pulled to do this Nothing would make me happier than to share this experience with you of the meditation retreat, whether it's in Hawaii or Ireland, and having like a silent day and incorporating, helping you to start incorporate the magic of silence into into your life. So the Hawaii retreat that I just mentioned, it is at about like 80% capacity. So there's a couple last um, spots there. So if you're feeling pulled, I encourage you to, if you want to ask me questions, just shoot me an email. I, I'm happy to help you figure out if it's the right fit for you. 
And if you're listening to this before November 15th, you can use coupon code MINDFUL to save $100 off. So that is my exploration, my deep dive of silence. The last thing that I really want to leave you with is, and I I understand that like a retreat is not the option for everyone. It's not accessible for everyone. It's not, you know, what, what everyone wants. So I want to just share a few ways that you can start incorporating silence into your everyday life. One way is to start doing a little bit of non-guided meditation. So if you're listening to my voice right now, you obviously are a fan of guided meditations and you use um, you know, mine and I'm sure others to really guide you through your meditation practice. Try doing like one meditation this week that is not guided where you just kind of sit in silence just for 10 minutes, sit with yourself and your own like personal just guidance and experience and just be and sit with the silence. Also incorporating these these things that I mentioned, these like sacred pauses, which are like these small one to three minute silent breaks just to be and to be silent, just no communication and just experience and just just be. And I have found that like first thing in the morning is a really beautiful way to start your morning is with a sacred pause. And so you wake up and before you even look at the clock or check your phone or anything like that, like just like savor the stillness and the silence of the morning and just be. It is like such a special magical way to kick off your morning, but you can also do these little sacred pauses anytime you want. I find it a lot like my days can be really just busy and chaotic as many people's days can be busy and chaotic so I'll find like I put pork chop down for a nap and my you know instantaneous I'm like okay what can I start getting done or like okay I have to go hop on this call or whatever but taking these like sacred pauses even in those minutes of like one minute two minutes just like silent and be has really really helped me not only be more present um, but I think it's really helped like just with like my mental health and my well-being and like my my happiness and my anxiety um, of course, doing a retreat, if it's accessible to you, like if you really, really want to have the experience, like I would love to lead you on that experience. And I would also encourage you to start conducting an audit of where there's unnecessary noise in your life. It is in your surroundings. Like, are you living in a really, really loud place? Is it, you know, a lot of extra noise in your communication? Is it on social media? Like, where is there a lot of noise that you can start to reduce and embrace these moments of silence? So that is all that I have for you today. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening and letting me share this with you. Um, I know I didn't really dive into like the singing bowls. I'd, I'm I'm really excited to share some of that with you later. I don't quite feel ready to share it yet because I'm still, as you know, in like bowl school trying to learn all the things, just enjoying like the learning process. Um, but I'm looking forward to in the future sharing some of that with you and to start incorporating like some sound baths and some fun things into meditation and my practice. So I hope wherever you are at that you are having a wonderful day and I appreciate you so, so much.